AM 1170. The Answer. San Diego. The Andrea K Show is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. More dynamite. Welcome back. I just sat down and started the AK show. I'm thrown off by that intro. It's just, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm starting to get used to it, though, because it's more happening. I feel like I should be in my low rider, giving a little bit of a gangster lean, maybe. Cruising hands around. up. Throw them hands up. Put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. I do love me some 90s throwback jams. And I love you all. Thank you for joining me tonight. It is, is it, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. It is hump day. We, after tonight, we are on our way towards a Friday, and I love hump day. I saw somebody post something earlier today saying Wednesdays aren't their favorite day. They don't really like Wednesday. Look what you're talking about. You're that much closer to a Friday. Thank you all for joining me out there. I know you've got lots of uh, different options out there for media and to get your news and to, and to listen to people talk and opine, and I just appreciate you all so much. I'm thankful for you, each and everybody who listens. And if you're in the car on the way home, we got some traffic in San Diego tonight, I know it's uh, it's not always it's always bad, but it seems like it's especially bad uh, right now. And so, if you're out there listening, hang tight. Hope it works out for you. Um, relax, chill. Thank you for joining me here. And as always, uh, thank you to my partner in crime. We got a lot of crimes to talk about tonight. Um, not the crimes that we commit here every night, though. It's DJ Carrot Steaks. You're trapped like carrots. <laughs> It's only misdemeanors, what we do. Yeah, it ain't felonies. My name ain't Hillary, right? And uh, hey, if you want to chime in on the show tonight, great lineup for you tonight. Uh, my buddy Tom Debacar was going to be here. Tom wrote an article that was on Forbes, got over 200,000 views. For some reason, they kicked it out there. Now it's on Political Vanguard. He is. It, it's going to be like an episode of Law & Order tonight or like NCIS or or what was that show where they used to uh, do autopsies out of, out of Vegas and it was the crime show. They kind of launched it all and then they ended up like 50 different versions of it. Anyway, he's going to be here because he's written the actual – he's chronologically outlined – all the different crimes, and it's really important. It's kind of shocking when you when you see it all laid out. And I'm I'm actually thinking Tom might have even even missed a few things because you know I mean he he, probably, he couldn't write 50 pages right. So he's going to be here to talk about that, and then also the latest news happening with the struck page text, the Grassley memo, and oh by the way, in the middle of all that, uh, the Senate, the House uh, uh, Republican Senate today passed a budget. I'm not sure if it's a budget or continuing resolution or what the stink it is. So Tom Debacar is going to be here to break that all down and of course we know how much the left has been in the tank one of the biggest things that has come out involving the Obamagate and the crimes and the corruption that's gone on to illegally spy on Americans was the collusion and how it involved the media so joining me later on the show is none other than the media watchdog himself Howie Kurtz from Media Buzz on Fox News has a book out called Media Madness and it's about Trump and in uh, Howie's assertion is is that he President Trump has successfully laid a trap for the media, and uh, he's going to be here to talk about that as well as behind the scenes stuff that happened in the Trump White House. Hopefully, we'll have some time to hear from you because I'm curious what you guys think about all this. So feel free to chime in. The number here is eight eight eight. Three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. And uh, please do share the video. Thanks to everybody, by the way, who's watching and commenting. Joey from Orange County, and um, 
Tom Del Bacaro is in there on Facebook. My buddy CV and everybody out there watching, please share the video because you're going to want, when you all hear what Tom Del Bacaro lays out, you're going to want to make sure that everybody you know in America hears this. Because Tom lays out everything that's happened and then his conclusions. And oh, by the way, Tom is not just a brilliant person politically. He's author, Forbes contributor, written many books, one of which is The Divided Era. Tom's also an attorney. So when Tom says that crimes have been committed and people should be should be prosecuted, you can take that to the bank. Joining me now is the man himself, Tom Del Bacaro. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? Thanks so much for coming me on. Been an interesting day. Oh my gosh, it's been very interesting. And first, I feel like we got to always set the record straight. You have been in much demand the past few days, gotten a lot of attention, some good and bad. And it and the last time you got this much attention is because people thought you got married on New Year's Eve. That, right? <laughs> you you are still the most eligible bachelor in California, so we want to keep that record straight here. Um, You're so kind. Oh, my goodness. So listen, we this caused quite a, a sensation. So over 200,000 people have viewed this and tweeted all over. TJ Media, Roger Simon said this was the absolute read. And what I did was, you know, it's hard to get to grasp the full picture of it. And it just occurred to me what's missing is a sense of timing for all this. And, you know, you, you go to politicalvanguard.com now and get this, or if you're listening in, uh, to the live feed on Facebook of this, I put the link there. What I did is lay out the major steps in this entire process and then gave you some commentary to it. So it's really hard to, to conclude anything else than that they wanted to let Hillary off. And when they did, they turned her, their attention to Trump. And on very flimsy ground, and today we learned that I updated the article today, today we learned that it's very likely that President Obama knew what was going on. Yes. Well, you know, um, I think... Clearly, President Obama knew what was going on with Hillary Clinton's felonious email schemes uh, and email server because he used his own uh, phony alias account and communicated with her there on that. Um, we can't in this article that you've posted. Um, and that's a really that's a super important point, because at, at the end of the day. That's illegal. Yes. And to prosecute Hillary for doing that illegal act, all the things she did, meant implicating President Obama. And that just wasn't going to happen. This is point two in the timeline at politicalvanguard.com. That was never going to happen. Right. So Hillary was never going to be done. And what you and once you get that in your head, you see a lot of the things that they do, including uh, Peter Strzok saying when he finds out Trump's going to be the nominee, oh, my goodness, we need to end this Hillary thing. He says quite clearly, now the pressure really starts to finish with this Hillary uh, investigation. And no prosecutor says that. You don't right. you follow the evidence. And just to give you the magnitude sense of this, five Clintonites are granted immunity. Okay, that's an outrageous number. It's probably a majority of the people involved. Usually you do that to go after the higher up. Right. But something even more staggering is 
They destroyed evidence in an active investigation. That is actually, if I were to do it, let's say I was under criminal, or you, and you destroyed evidence while they were investigating you, that in and of itself is another crime. The FBI, which had a total right just to subpoena Cheryl Mills' computer, and there was no way she could say no, chose to agree with her to get the computer and then destroy that evidence. Which is obstruction. outrageous. It's it's outrageous, and it's obstruction of justice. Every bit of this is obstruction of justice from the FBI, and I like that you put it in the timeline because this is how – uh, homicide detectives solve crimes. Critical to understanding how a crime is committed and who was involved and, and, and who committed what crimes is laying out the timeline of it. And it's not a coincidence, some of the things that happened and when they did, correct? Yes, they had, you think about it. Uh, after after uh, Trump becomes the nominee, they have a busy month of May where they where they overlooked Cheryl Mills and Newman Amadine misleading the FBI where they start to draft the exoneration memo when they change the language to the point where she can't be prosecuted. Then Bill Clinton needs to let a wrench on the tarmac. Yeah. And they still hadn't, they still hadn't even interviewed Hillary, but we know they said, it's a real profile in courage since she knows no charges will be brought, referring to Loretta, Loretta Lynch saying that she'll just go with what the FBI says. All of this before they even interview her. And just to give you how ludicrous that interview was, yes, there were different things done. It was not, uh, there was no transcript and she wasn't put under oath. And it was three hours despite years of evidence. Right. To give you the contrast, uh, Angelina Jolie was interviewed for longer than Hillary about Brad Pitt's treatment <laughs> of her children on an airplane. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it was and, – and we don't even know that she was really interviewed. We saw we saw the trucks go into some resort somewhere. For all we know, they were sitting inside watching, you know, an episode of, you know, um, Madam President. Okay, or the pilot for Madam President. We have no idea what really occurred there. I don't believe they asked her anything involving the investigation. What happened in May, as you chronalize, and and the variety of things that happened uh, in May, uh, what they were scrambling to do, it was like Harvey, uh, Harvey Keitel and Pulp Fiction being brought in to clean up. Okay, scrubbing the evidence. Uh, manufacturing stories, doing everything they can to cover up crimes. But I also want to back up to April because you outlined a couple of critical things that happened in April, Um, one of which was um, Obama, who tells Chris Wallace that he didn't have any – he's never had any involvement in any pending investigations. At the same time, proceeds to say on national TV that Hillary Clinton uh, didn't commit any crimes because she had no intent, which is not a part of the statute. It doesn't matter whether or not she had any intent. It's not required. Um, at the same time, let me, let me let me tell you how important it is. The reason why it's not required, because national security is so serious, they don't want to get into. Oh, I had no idea this was on my computer, and I'm in a foreign country. No, they have to draw a bright line, put up a wall, if you will, and say you can't have this. So right. when, so when uh, certain generals took stuff home 
and had it on their computer. Does this sound familiar? Yes. He, Petraeus. He broke the, yes, Petraeus. He broke the law just having it at his home. Yes. By contrast, Hillary had an entire server's worth at her home. Also, she had been in Europe on a using a device that wasn't properly secured, sending stuff to the president. So she was a hundred times more guilty than Petraeus, but got away with this. But you're right. In April, he puts that intent thing. And of course, that is what James Comey said on July 5th. She didn't intend to do this. Therefore, no prosecutor would prosecute her. It's just ridiculous. Well, that's actually, don't you lawyers call that technique paralleling? You act as though there's a statute that doesn't exist, say that they're innocent of that, and because they're innocent of something that's irrelevant, therefore they try to draw a conclusion that this person is innocent and can't be prosecuted. It was a rather clever technique. Something else happened in April. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about it because April 2016, at the same time Obama was sticking his nose in and interfering and obstructing justice by, by speaking out on a pending investigation, is the same month in which the dossier was being paid for. And according to your article, the way that it was being paid for in and of itself is a crime. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. We are talking to Tom DeBaccaro. It's out the timeline of a crime or many crimes, actually. This is the Andrea K. Show. Don't go anywhere. More when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are. For students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Buy your copy or register for our next conference at bobwalters.net. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-11 to 85850. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Hut, hut, hut. 
Every great team has a great coach. Every great coach has a great strategy. Let Al Arias and the AV Arias Company create the winning tax strategy for your small business. Instead of waiting until the fourth quarter to create your tax strategy playbook, don't let the IRS blow the whistle on your financial growth and profitability. Contact Al Arias and the AV Arias Company to set up your tax strategy huddle by calling 619-296-2123 or visit avariasco.com. That's avariasco.com. If you qualify for VA loan benefits, here's a game changer for you. Fellow veteran Sonia Hadley has a VA cash out 100% refi with rates you won't believe. After 30 years in mortgage lending, Sonia can find a program to help virtually any borrower. And now she's uncovered this exclusive VA benefit. Lower your payments and tap up to 100% of the equity in your home to pay off debts, do improvements, whatever you like. With these sky high home prices, you You now have equity to get the cash you need. Approval is quick and easy with Sonia's in-house underwriting. She'll even come to you. Sonia also has a VA Streamline refi, the easiest loan you'll ever get. Call Sonia with the town group at Arbor to see if you qualify for the VA cash out 100% refi. Rates are inching up so you can't afford to wait. Call 833-MY-VA-LOAN, 833-MY-VA-LOAN, 833-MY-VA-LOAN. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. We are rolling along with Tom DeBacaro. who's written an amazing article on Political Vanguard. He's, it's almost like he's a forensic investigator of the crimes uh, that have gone on. And it's not just crimes committed by Hillary Clinton with her felonious email schemes. This The, the chant, lock her up, really needs to extend to lock him up, and that's involving Obama and Comey and others. Um, before we went to break, we were talking about April 2016. Uh, a point that you've made in your article, Tom, that almost nobody else is talking about is the fact that had the, had the way that the Trump dossier been paid for, which was a, a, through concealment, the way the Hillary Clinton campaign. Yeah, absolutely. This right. is a big deal. This story should have broke in July of 2016. The way it works, when you run for U.S. Senate, I'm sorry, for U.S. President, you have to end U.S. Senate. You have to disclose campaign expenditures. And what you have to do is disclose how much was paid, when it was paid, and to whom it was paid. Well, what she, in May of 2016, after Obama does the intent thing, Hillary goes, goes on the offensive, and her campaign, along with the DNC, starts, makes a deal to finance the dossier. Mm-hmm. But they don't, the Hillary campaign does not pay Fusion GPS or Christopher Steele direct, directly. Instead, the money gets to them indirectly. And what they do, Hillary's campaign, is she pays the money to a law firm called Perkins Coon, who then pays it. So that it's, in and of itself is illegal. Because it's you basically not, money laundering, right? I mean, it's basically money. It's, it's hiding. It, and it's money laundering, in effect. Well, it's, they filed a false report. They knowingly filed a false report. So what does that mean? Well, if they had filed an honest report, then what happens after, as soon as you file these, and I ran for U.S. Senate, and I can tell you this, even before you file them, reporters contact the campaigns and start asking questions. How much money did you raise? Mm 
right. what, blah, 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 how much she got left, on and on and on. As soon as the report is filed, it's made public record, they start combing through it. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, because the payment was made to attorneys, no one knew to look that she was doing the Fusion GPS. If she had done what was legal, then in July of 2016, some reporter would have had the ability to look at Fusion GPS and then start asking questions what this related to. And you say, just because as we're, we've only got about five more minutes with you and we've got a few points to get through. So basically, if this had been reported properly and there had been proper investigation into what was going on with her campaign, it's likely that the use of the dossier to get a, to get a FISA warrant would have never happened. It would have prevented it because, you know, it would because have... Because the whole story would have blown up. It would have been shown to have been false and never would have gone. And you probably don't get a Russian investigation. Another point that I want to get to that you make that uh, nobody else is talking about is the fact that um, everybody's talking about the list of people and what was written in the Nunes memo was how many people had to sign for the different FISA request. You're the only one who outlines the fact that Comey himself swore under oath that the court should consider the dossier credible, even though he had told Congress that it wasn't. Yes, here's the thing. When you, and I was talking to a judge about this today. If I'm an attorney, if I go to court and I attach something to a declaration to give in court, I have to say I, I'm vouching for that evidence. Even if it's just a simple deposition testimony, I have to say I was there that day and this is what occurred. Comey, ha- the FISA court application had to tell the court that this information is credible. Well, how do you say that when in June, in January, you admit to people that it's unverified? Mm-hmm. So he was lying when he did the application, if it's true, when he said it was unverified. And as a result, he never should have done the application. And it, it's under penalty of perjury. Well, what's the penalty of perjury? It's a crime. Well, yeah. So he, either he lied to the courts or he lied to Congress. Because either yeah, well, he because lied to the court, he, he lied to the verified. court, and he well, he it's still exactly unverified. It, exactly, and, and in just, fact, and in fact, one of the things that you pointed out here too that I learned for the first time was that Comey initially was denied a FISA warrant after Carter Page. So the yeah, left, the left, the left, the left Carter is, Page. Understand, Carter Page is just a conduit. He had been working with the FBI before. They knew who he was. They knew he wasn't a foreign agent. He actually helped them put people behind bars. They just used him as an excuse to start spying, and they used this phony dossier as part of the process. Right, but but they tried to use Carter. The point I want to make, though, and make sure it's very clear to people, um, because we are now, uh, the left is wanting to argue with me, like when I go on different media outlets, well, it wasn't just the dossier that got the FISA warrant. They've been after Carter Page for years. Yeah, and there was no there there. That's why they he, uh, Comey got turned down initially for a FISA warrant when he didn't have the dossier, because there wasn't enough there there for Carter Page. There never was. So he went and lied exactly. to the, the first time, so he got denied the first time he went. So so then he goes back with phony lies, and here we are a year and a half later, and there's still no there there. So it, Correct, correct. Carter Page, if Carter Page had to be spied on, how come he has never been charged with anything? Because he was just a conduit. He was an excuse to start spying on a wider group. Yes, and and even on that wider group, they have had no results whatsoever on anything other than a misstatement with, with Michael Flynn, which is why President Trump should not, under any circumstances, 
unless he's under subpoena. I, I, now we've only got a few minutes left, so it's time to get to conclusions and next steps. As I as I went through and read your article, and as I'm talking to you tonight, I, one of the things that I said this morning is paging Jeff Sessions. Where is he? How in the world do we have a dep? Still, the deputy attorney general who also signed his name to lies and smears to illegally spy on Americans, still sitting, still sitting in the seat of the of the deputy attorney general. Jeff Sessions is not doing his job. People need to be indicted hey, and prosecuted. Peter Strzok, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page are still working for. Keep this in mind, Andrea. The, the, the benefit of that would be this. The Inspector General report is going to be explosive and hammer the FBI related to its dealings with the Hillary campaign. This is nothing short of an enema for them. It can't be good <laughs> in any respect. And so that's going to hit. You're going to get more memos out of Nunes. You're going to get more out of the Senate. And more and more information is going to be coming forward. There's still time for Sessions to act. You could make the argument that he's waiting for these other bombshells to hit, including the IG report, which is substantial. He's just got the Senate referral on Christopher Steele lying to the FBI. So, you know what? It's going to be out there, and it's going to be up to people like you and me to keep pushing it. Yes, because as you wrap up your article, you talk about this is far worse than Watergate. Watergate, th- this makes Watergate look like me when I pinched a, a box of hot tamales one time from a 7-Eleven as a kid. As you accurately point out in your article, Watergate did not involve the Department of Justice and the FBI. No, it didn't. It, it, some bad actors and then a president who did something really stupid to cover it up. But it it wasn't a weaponized, some people use that term, DOJ and FBI. Let me, before we go. 30 seconds. This, this is politicalvanguard.com. People, please go share this and tweet it. And this article will be continually updated. So it is a live document that we're going to, did I say live? It is a, <laughs> it is a live document. Uh, right. And we're going to keep this pressure up, even though I'm getting attacked left and right. We got to keep doing that. That's because you're on the trail of the truth, my brother. You're like a forensic analyst. You're like that TV show out of Las Vegas. I can't remember the name of it. There was Law and Order, all the different NCI. CSI. CSI. That's it. You're you're like the CSI of the crimes here. Tom DeBacaro, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I love bye. Bye now. All right, everybody, stay tuned because... One of the most explosive aspects of the story has been the media collusion. And I've been, I've been complaining for years about the media's role and how their propagandists control the message and you control minds. They are enemies of the state. Uh, uh, Howie Kurtz from Media Buzz, who's written a new book uh, called Media Madness, Donald Trump, the Press, and the War Over the Truth, joins me next to talk about media collusion, the media's role in the memo gate here, and also some interesting behind-the-scenes stories. He answers my question. He's going to answer my question. Reince Priebus, was he the mole for the establishment or just a moron? Stay tuned. Howard Kurtz coming right up. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. If you don't have an estate plan, then the state 
not you, will determine what happens to everything you've worked so hard to provide for your family. Hi, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley. I know this not only because of my professional experience, but also having survived a seven-year probate after my father passed away. With the average home in California valued at $1.5 million, that equates to $66,000 in probate fees. The value in having an estate plan is avoiding conservatorship if you become mentally incapacitated and probate when you pass on. Call me for a free consultation at 858-792-3444. That's 858-792-3444. Your family will be dealing with enough. So give me a call at 858-792-3444. The number one myth with a reverse mortgage is that you can't keep your home. Hi, I'm Michelle Cole, and I'm here to tell you that is absolutely false. You can keep and stay in the home you love with better cash flow and maintain the lifestyle of your choice. If you or someone you love is over the age of 62, call me today at 858-344-5998 and I'll use my 30 plus years experience in lending to see if a customized reverse mortgage is the right solution for you. I'll even pay your appraisal fee. That's 858-344-5998, 858-344-5998. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to... To stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743-800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The only bed I sleep on is the same one you'll find at some of the world's best prestigious hotels. Hi, Larry Elder here, and after two back surgeries and a shoulder operation, I would ache when I got up until I got a duck's bed. The deep sleep I get with my duck's bed is extraordinary. For six decades, Everett Stuns has been home of the finest beds, bedding, and bath linens from around the world. And Everett Stuns is the only place in San Diego where you can experience the Ducks difference for yourself. It's one of their exclusive lines of adjustable and flat beds that can be custom made to your own specifications, including the Savvy Rest Organic Latex Mattresses and the Reverie Sleep System with Power Base. And this beautiful showpiece is your ultimate destination for deep sleep. Only at Everett Stuns on Girard, next to Harry's Coffee Shop in La Jolla, where one visit is worth thousands of luxurious nights. Dennis Prager here for My Hearing Centers in San Diego talking about their latest technology, Signia NX. My Hearing Centers is looking for San Diegans to test drive the best-sounding, most convenient hearing aids ever. Using revolutionary dual processors, Signia NX has the most advanced soundscape processing in the industry, giving you superior speech understanding, especially in noise. If you or a loved one is or are having difficulty hearing, or if understanding speech is becoming difficult, you're needed 
needed to try these innovative devices. Schedule an appointment today and you'll be given the opportunity to try this first ever natural sounding new technology right in their office. Call and schedule your free hearing evaluation and free trial in a San Diego area office near you with absolutely no fee or commitment. To be a part of this test, Google My Hearing Centers or call 619-822-2686. That's 619-822-2686 or Google My Hearing Centers for more information. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Well, you have seen him on Fox News. Y'all know who Howie Kurtz is. He's best-selling author, media critic, and host of Media Buzz on Fox News. But did y'all know that Howie actually had a show on a sister network called Reliable Sources? Not that CNN is known for being reliable anymore. Uh, so we're glad that he's keeping watch on everybody. He is the news analyst who analyzes the analyst. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show, Howie. Thanks very much. Okay, so you have an incredible new book out that everybody really needs to read because I know that my conservative listeners have been incredibly concerned as to the, uh, you know, it's like way everybody says, control the message and you control minds. And you have a book out called Media Madness, Donald Trump, the Press, and the War Over the Truth. Um, I want to start, Howie, with um, you, you have a quote here that the press is falling into the president's trap. And um, some people would say, well, wait a second, Howie, who, you know, it, it's it's the, the press that was colluding with Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, colluding apparently with the FBI, all to affect the outcome of a presidential election. And then now uh, supposedly also working to help impeach Trump. So really, who's who's playing who, Howie? Who's zooming who here? <laughs> well, first of all, not everybody in the press is working to impeach Donald Trump. But I have to say, we none of us have ever seen anything like this, the overwhelming tone and volume of the coverage, first of candidate Trump, now of President Trump, has been negative. And the reason I say falling into the trap is, first of all, when uh, the mainstream media, and I know there have been conservative complaints about bias for decades, when the mainstream media are this uh, visceral and this negative and this unrelenting against the guy who happens to be President of the United States, uh, it inevitably hurts our credibility, particularly among that chunk of the country that actually voted for and enthusiastically supports Donald Trump. Beyond that, uh, when the president hits back, because no president has ever taken on uh, the fourth estate like this, when he goes after fake news, when he talks about dishonest media, when he criticizes individual journalists by name, um, we need, you know, as an old-fashioned journalist, I would say, well, okay, you can defend yourself, but you still got to do your job. You still have to try to be fair. And I think when there is a concerted pushback against that criticism, it does look to too many people, like in the words of Steve Bannon, that we're acting like the opposition party. Yes and no, but, you know, actually I think uh, many, many Americans out there have had legitimate concerns. Uh, we, Many of us out there, you know, I actually had a former head of the Republican Party here for the California come on my show after the 2012 election and say that the Republican Party had no problem in the media. And I was like, where have you been, brother? Did you not see what Candy Crowley did in the debate? So, you know, and we also came off of uh, uh, watching President Bush and many of us felt like did absolutely nothing to push back against the media, allowed so many false narratives about him to be ingrained that did tremendous amount of damage to him, his presidency, as well as the Republican Party. So there's a lot of us out there, Howie, saying, you know what, high time somebody was pushing back. And me maybe throwing Jim Acosta out or Jorge Ramos or whatever, you know, may, you know, we all know that Trump isn't the most, you know, uh, 
always the most articulate in the way he does things. But when we have evidence that a media, like recently a Pew poll, 95% of all, all you know um, reports are anti-Trump right now, it's like most Americans are glad that we actually have a president, at least conservatives, that are pushing back. And you know what? But but in, in terms of pushing back against fake news, correct me if I'm wrong, you are the media expert, but I thought after immediately after the loss for Hillary Clinton that it was the left and Hillary Clinton who started the hashtag fake news saying that part of the one of the reasons why she lost was because of false reports about her and there was actually a push on the left to discuss how they could control independent media and outlets like social media am i wrong in that uh, fake news was actually a term that journalists were starting to use about the kind of fabricated uh, stuff uh, that was starting to infect uh, legitimate news business but president trump sort of appropriated it coined it turned it to his own purposes now look i think when when journalists whine about oh he's he's being mean to us and he has a video attacking cnn and and all that i say look president has first amendment rights he has every right to push back against what he sees as unfair coverage now I think that sometimes he goes too far. I don't believe, as a product of this news business, which I love, that the media are the enemy of the American people, but I do believe sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I think sometimes he punches down at cable news hosts, and that, uh, in other words, he can create, with his love of combat, and his base loves it, but he can create distractions from his agenda, because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get the press, uh, to, instead of covering, let's say, the details of the tax cut, to cover who he's fighting with. Uh, that's catnip for us. Plus, we love talking about ourselves. We're totally self-obsessed. Uh, so, so it does work. Uh, so it does work both ways. I think there's damage here on both sides, but I believe that the greater damage is to the credibility or the remaining credibility of the news business. Absolutely. Um, I, your book not only talks about fake news and how President Trump has handled certain things, but you actually give a window into and answer some questions that many of us have had in terms of what the stink was going on behind the scenes. You mentioned Bannon earlier. Uh, in your book, you, you, you're going to you share some secrets and, and things that went on. First of all, I want to ask you, many of us are still scratching our head. What was his role in the first place in the White House? Well, you know, even though Steve Bannon ended up on the cover of Time, uh, he never actually took credit for Donald Trump's election or uh, took credit for Donald Trump's ideas. He would tell people privately that, you know, Trump has had these ideas about uh, unfair trade and, and globalist economy for decades. Uh, but he was, you know, he didn't have like a portfolio. He was the chief strategist. He got involved in whatever he wanted to. Uh, there were times I thought he gave the president good advice. Uh, he was one of the few White House agents that said, don't fire Jim Comey. It's going to create a firestorm. Uh, but he used up his political capital. He also, uh, there was a scene in, in Media Madness where he's in the Oval Office with the president and Ivanka Trump, and Ivanka just goes off on him in, in front of her father and says, Steve is leaking all this nasty stuff about me and Jared. And Bannon pushed right back said, no, 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 it's, it's Ivanka and Jared, or Javanka, as he calls them, that is uh, putting out stuff about me. Uh, when that kind of stuff happens, you know, you, you can't fire your family. Probably you're going to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, on the ads. But there's another scene in the book, and I have a lot here about Kellyanne Conway and uh, Sean Spicer when he was there and, uh, and, and other key players in the administration, uh, where as Bannon is leaving, uh, he gives the president this final warning. He says, don't think you're going to get away 
without building a wall. You said it too many times at too many rallies. Mm-hmm. If not, Nancy Pelosi will take uh, over the House. They will swear themselves in and blanking impeach you. And of course, we're still seeing that immigration fight play out today. Wow. You know what? Uh, I, I was disappointed that things got really ugly, you know, after he left. But if, if he gave that advice to Trump, that was right on. I do think in spite of all the different and, and maybe some of the missteps that Bannon made when he left, that was some solid advice he was given right there. Now, speaking of Javanka, you talk about them in the book, too, because there were many conservatives that were like, what the stink was Trump doing? You know, putting in, you know, these liberals in there who have his ear because you're right. You can't fire family. But you say they're not necessarily as liberal as people think. Yeah, and that's a point that a lot of people have missed. So, for example, when the uh, president pulled out of the Paris Climate uh, Agreement, um, a lot of pundits wrote, well, this is a huge setback for Jared and Ivanka because, you know, they're really pro-environmental. And, 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 and Ivanka in particular does care about the environment. But in the, it, behind the scenes, I can report that neither of them opposed pulling out of the Paris deal. They, they, they care about the climate, but they didn't think it was a particularly good deal for the United States. And Ivanka gets so much uh, unfair, bad press, in my view, because people who are more socially moderate or socially liberal just decided that it was she was going to save them because she was going to convince her father to change his campaign position on all of these issues. And so even on stuff she didn't even know about, like the transgender military bed, she even knew it was coming, uh, and she got beat up over that. So I think, you know, anybody who goes to work in the White House uh, is fair game for criticism. In fact, the president himself warned Jared and Ivanka uh, during the transition that if you come to Washington, I don't know if it's going to be great for you because you're going to get attacked a lot. And they've gotten attacked much, much more personal ways they had anticipated, but uh, they are not the wild-eyed liberals that some in the media would portray them as. Really good to know. Um, speaking of some other bigs, you talk about Ryan's Priebus in your book. Now, I have got to know the answer to this question. Is he the, the mole for the establishment that people thought he was, or was he just a moron? Was he just a mo? I'm going to say no to both of those. Okay. Uh, certainly, Rice Priebus was the uh, ambassador to the establishment as the chairman of the RNC. That's why he was there, sort of the bal- to balance Bannon. They were announced at the same time. Uh, Rice Priebus got an enormous amount of bad press as a weak chief of staff, and some of the criticism may have been deserved. Uh, his view of it is that he was never really given the power. That the president had around 10 people around him, all of whom were direct reports that Priebus couldn't uh, keep uh, people out of the Oval Office, where a lot of people hung out. He couldn't control the flow of paper and therefore he got blamed when things went wrong. There was an awful lot of leaking against him by, and this is the thing about this White House, I mean, man, for people who don't like the press, they certainly, uh, many of them are willing to use Mm -hmm. the press to kneecap their rivals. By the time that Anthony Scaramucci came in and he was denouncing uh, Ryan's, uh, Priebus had had enough. He went to the president and said, I think this would be a good time for me to leave, Uh, and uh, he's probably a lot happier now. Scaramooch, Scaramooch. That's a name I'd almost forgotten about. Oh, the Mooch is a good player in this book. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about what we're going to learn about the Mooch. Uh, Well, there's a great Mooch scene. There's a lot of good Mooch scenes. But um, um, there was, I mentioned earlier about punching down against cable news. When the president uh, did that series of tweets against Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, particularly talking about her supposed facelift, which, you know, created a firestorm in the press, and I think was was not, not someplace... Not something he needed to do. Right. Uh, he was talking to Scaramucci, uh, and this gives you some insight into, into the way he uh, uh, way he picks his spots. The president says, "Okay, tell me what you think about those tweets. I know what you're going to say. Unpresidential." And the mood says, "Well, I didn't think he needed to go there." And Trump says, uh, "Is North Korea off the TV?" And Mooch says, "Yeah, I guess so." Is health care off the TV? They were then fighting over appealing Obamacare. Well, pretty much, says Mooch. Sounds good to me, says. 
the president, meaning, you know, he did what he wanted to do. I mean, sometimes he's just venting or punching back, but he wanted to change the subject. This is the reality TV guy who knows you've got to keep the plot moving. Uh, he knows how to get the press chasing some controversy. Uh, and at times it can deflect attention from things where he's playing defense. Exactly. But I think overall, I'm glad you brought up that story because I think it displays a man that is far more strategic than people gave him credit for. I think that he won against all odds against 16 or 17, maybe, I don't even remember now, 92 Republicans in the the (laughs) primaries, in part because he understood that the reason, part of the reason why the Republicans have been getting their teeth kicked in is that they didn't push back. They allowed the media to completely control the narratives about who individuals were and to allow them to, to destroy them at times and push them out. I mean, from getting Herman Cain, you know, with, with women and, and, you know, and he was like, he controls the message. He controls the narrative. And even if, even if there are some missteps along the way, I think it helped get him, get him in and oh, it helped no push his, his agenda. And he did more interviews than anybody else by far. I mean, I interviewed him six times during the campaign. Even when he was getting beat up, I mean, he was good at being in the arena, and that sucked up a lot of the oxygen from these people like Jeb Bush, who barely went on television. Same thing with Hillary Clinton. The irony here, though, is that for all of this warfare, and I try to take you behind the scenes and get a sense of what it's like for both sides to be in these trenches and and the ways that some journalists privately disparage Donald Trump uh, to their colleagues and and others. Donald Trump really kind of likes reporters, and he kind of craves their approval, so he's still giving interviews to what he calls the failing New York Times, because it's his hometown <laughs> paper. And he works the refs. He's done it with me. He'll see me when he sees me in the West. He says, Kurtz, you know, your problem is you're too down the middle. I said, Mr. President, that's a compliment in my world. Right. He, he's always trying to push you to be a little more favorable. And meanwhile, the press, I think, is invested now in a kind of an anti-Trump narrative. You have, you, you turn on CNN, MSNBC at night, and it's just, you know, hour after hour, Russia, 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 negative Trump stories. And their ratings are up, as well as Fox News ratings being way up. Well, and their ratings might go up a little bit further. I don't know if you've heard the latest, uh, but Andrew McCabe, who you know should have been run out on a rail with his hair on fire and his tail tucked, has been picked up by CNN. I'm not sure if he's still going to pick up his pension, but I guess he, you know, from the FBI to to the CNN. I mean, this is what's making it so many Americans who love this country hysterical right now. And there was angry. another FBI guy who wrote a New York Times op-ed said, "I'm leaving the FBI because of Trump." And 48 hours later, he became a CNN analyst. So uh, I guess there's a reason that those panels in primetime often uh, look very unbalanced. Last question for you before we got to go. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I think she's doing a brilliant job working the media. What's your review of her? Um, I give her very high marks. She's, I mean, being the press secretary to this particular president who watches the briefings, who has a lot of advice on dealing with the press, is not easy. Uh, Sean Spicer uh, made some mistakes by his own admission and got a little too hot with some of the reporters. She is very good at deflecting questions, at cutting off questioners, moving on to the next thing. She uses a little bit of that Southern charm and humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she's really grown into the job. And even though, you know, obviously journalists may be frustrated with her, uh, at the same time, I don't think she's been the subject of as many uh, personal attacks as Sean was, and the SNL parody isn't as good as it was of Spicer. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, she put them in their place and did it with a pie, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah I love that girl. I'm from the, the South. Pie, right. Yeah, so hopefully you're going you're to come up with a, with a second uh, edition, a follow-up. But the book is Media Madness, Donald Trump, the Press, and the War Over the Truth by Howard Kurtz. Howie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you. All right. Goodbye now. All right, everybody, stay tuned. I, I loved Howie's interview and because I loved hearing the fact that he that whole facelift controversy comment that he made about Mika 
was strategic. It was to redirect the media. Trump, it, it, he is the stable genius. Now stay tuned because we're going to take a quick break and we've got uh, our final segment on this uh, hump day edition of the Andrea K Show. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walters' book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are, for students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Buy your copy or register for our next conference at bobwalters.net. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Aloha. That's the restful sound of an Hawaii cruise. Tropical luxury that puts you instantly in a state of relaxation. It's got to be something in the air. And I intend to find out on this summer's Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. Seven days and nights cruising the islands with my fellow talk show hosts, Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher. Can you imagine getting the three of us to look at the state of our country with the insider news we get to see? That's just a little of what's in store for you if you join us. Beautiful staterooms, amazing food, adventures on each island we visit, and then evening get-togethers. It's the Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise, August 11th through the 18th. For details, just log on to am1170theanswer.com and use the keyword Aloha. That's am1170theanswer.com, keyword Aloha. We're going to have a great time. am1170theanswer.com, keyword Aloha. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes and you could save up to 70%. Call now. 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea Kay Show. Happy hump day to y'all. Uh, we, this is like our lightning round. We've got one segment left, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buzz through some things here. Uh, Steve, who's a friend of the show and really uh, up on the Constitution and all things legal, uh, very wonky. Glad to have him as a part of the show. Um, 
He sent a link uh, during the break. Howie Kurtz was mentioning the Paris Treaty and Javanka and their role there and um, the Paris Accord. And he correctly pointed out and wanted to make sure that I noted to everybody out there listening to keep things straight that we can't really pull out of the Paris Treaty because it was never really a treaty. Because for something to actually be a treaty, and he's right here, I'm glad he pointed this out. Uh, it would involve uh, Congress and advising and consent of the Senate. Um, but like everything else, President Obama did it with his powerful pen. So we, but we, so Steve's point is we can't really pull out of something we never really joined. Well, we kind of did, but not legally. And that really needs to be addressed. Just like DACA, that was done through an executive order as well that was completely illegal. Uh, Obama said himself 20 something times that he didn't legally have the right to do that. Uh, speaking of DACA and uh, the GOP, I guess the Senate passed a budget thing, but it's two years. So is it really a budget or is it a continuing resolution? I don't know. It's got a lot of people upset, including Nancy Pelosi, who stood down the store for eight hours on the floor for eight hours today, yammering on and on and on on behalf of not Americans, but on behalf of DACA. Even though the Senate thing that was passed didn't mention DACA at all, what it did do is it um, – uh, fully funded the military, and it completely removed any caps on spending. So the House says it's dead on arrival. So we'll see whether or not we still have a shutdown. Um, some great news. This is your happy hump day story. You know, we report at least once a week, like last night I had Katie Grimes on to talk about California and the crazy that's going on here because so goes California. It really is the test case for everything we should not be doing in this country. But here, I got to give credit where credit's due. When we have a good news story out of California, we got to report on it. Um, a Kern County judge on Monday night ruled in favor of the owner of Tastry's Bakery. Um, what happened was another le- a lesbian couple went in there, tried to get her to, to try to hire her to bake a cake for their gay wedding. She said no. Um, she offered to sell them anything else in her store. She just didn't want to violate her religious beliefs by being forced to participate in their ceremony. She offered, like Nordy's does, to send them to a competitor. They said no. They filed a lawsuit under the de- housing. Um, which is interesting. The Department of Fair Housing and Employment. It got to a judge. Uh, who ruled in her favor and said that it would violate her First Amendment rights and under the Constitution. So who knew that we actually had courts in this country? They were upholding the rights that are constitutionally protected. There is nothing in the Constitution that guarantees you the right to walk into a bakery and have somebody forced to sell you something. If I go into Nordstrom and they're not selling an item of shoes that I want, I don't have the right to require that they go through their their um buyer program and buy something. So this is a win. This is great news. Um, in the Daily Stud and the Daily Dud segment of the show, did you guys see this little boy, Lucas, with Down syndrome, who was picked to be the new face of Gerber Foods? He is so precious. If you want to end today on a high note, go and Google little Lucas, who was picked to be the new Gerber baby. He is absolutely precious with his little bow tie. And he, and I don't believe that he was picked because he was special needs. He is just the cutest little da- little stud. He deserves the Daily Stud Award. And the Daily Dud Award goes to Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who on top of their crimes are racist, um, Racist, uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta leave it there. Uh, for the comments that they made about Romanians, as well as the fact that they talked about the March for Life Americans out there and said how much they hated the people who march for life. So they get my daily duds. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Appreciate it. Have a great night, everybody. 